walkers, Mr. Dembo. And moving toward the city. They'll never get across the river. I wouldn't be so sure. Learning how to work together. They're mindless walking corpses, and many of us will be too if you don't stay focused on the task at hand. Zombies, man. They creep me out. Welcome to episode 42 of The Graveyard Shift, where each week we watch a movie from the horror category and break it down into the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright confusing. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we feel is fun and or relevant. I'm your host Sheldon, and I never worked a graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to the guy that, much like the zombies in this week's movie, is also easily distracted by fireworks, my co-host Mike. Hey everybody. And how are you doing today, sir? Oh, pretty good. Pretty excited about things to come. And mm. uh, it's just been an exhausting week reviving the old uh, Technobabble podcast. It's been productive, fun, exhausting. I'm yeah, uh, everybody, Mike decided that he wasn't doing quite enough podcasts, so uh, has taken on another one. <laughs> yeah. Reviving the old, uh, airing the old episodes in our feed so that new people can catch up, and then doing show notes for all of them, and oh boy. We haven't even begun making new episodes. I haven't checked it out yet. I gotta check that out, the uh, the old episodes that you posted. the sound quality, I gotta warn you, is not great because, one, I didn't have, like, the best setup, and also I dealt with people who had no interest in (laughs) being professional or increasing their talent. They were just like, we're doing this, and that's that, and like, what about getting better? Man, that takes so much work. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> okay, well, Mike, this is it, buddy. The final chapter of March of the Dead, our tribute to the late George Romero and his Dead series. So we've only got one more movie to talk about, but before we do, you have been giving us some info on Mr. Romero throughout this series of episodes. What final words do you have about him? Well, regarding the, uh, we talked about the rise of Romero, his career, his momentum, and now we will uh, just see how he was going in the uh, 2010s. And uh, he was actually contacted by Claudio Argento, the older brother of Dario Argento. We know we know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to make a 3D remake of Deep Red. Did you ever see that movie? I haven't. So Claudio was expected to write the screenplay and told Romero that his brother would be involved. Romero, who showed interest in the project, decided to contact his friend Dario only to find out he was unaware of this and ended up declining Claudio's offer. Don't you love it when you get involved with two brothers who obviously aren't talking to each other? That's great. And, uh, well, in 2012, Romero would return to video games because if you remember, he was in uh, the the expansion pack for Call of Duty Black Ops. And he's portray- where he was portrayed as a powerful boss zombie armed with a studio movie light. Yeah. And he returned to video games in 2012, re- recording his voice for Zombie Squash. Did you ever play that game? I am not familiar with that. I played a lot of uh, Call of the Dead, the, uh, the Black Ops <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Zombies uh, game, but uh, Zombie Squash? Never even heard of it. 
Me neither, but apparently it was uh, it was a game released for the iPad, and he played the lead villain, Doctor B. E. Vill. Jesus. And in uh, in Marvel Comics, he released Empire of the Dead, a fifteen issue miniseries written by him. The series features not only zombies but vampires. And uh, in May of 2015, it was announced at Cannes that the production company Demarest was interested in developing this series into a TV series, which would be which would be uh, written and executive produced by Romero and Peter Grunwald. And then in March of 2017, he was planning a fifth Dead movie, Road of the Dead, a film co-written with Matt Berman, in which he would direct the film, making it his first zombie-themed film that he did not direct himself. Yeah, I guess Matt Berman would be doing the directing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was the second unit director on Land of the Dead, uh, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. So Berman pitched the idea to Ramiro ten years earlier that it would be like Road Warrior meets Rollerball. <laughs> and in July of 2013, in July of 2017, he released the first poster for Road of the Dead, describing the plot for the movie as, It's set in a sanctuary city where these fat cats run a haven for rich folks. And one of the things he does is he stages drag races to entertain them. So it seems to be like a uh, true successor to Land of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And he says, there's a scientist doing genetic experiments trying to make the zombies stop eating us. And he's discovered with a little bit of tampering, he can access more memory skills that enable them to drive. So it's Fast oh, and the Furious God. with zombies. That, I'm going to be quite honest, that, that sounds awful. <laughs> well, apparently it was so bad that Romero died three days after announcing it. <laughs> making the status of the film currently unknown (laughs) is that that what killed him (laughs) he was like well that's all I got left I might as well die (laughs) it's like do you call this a revision fuck this I'd rather be dead so yeah so on July 16th he died in his sleep following a brief but aggressive battle with lung cancer, according to a statement by his longtime producing partner, Peter Grunwald. And uh, he died while listening to the score of one of his favorite films, The Quiet Man, with his wife and his daughter, Tina Romero, at his side. And uh, the premiere episode of Season 8 of The Walking Dead was dedicated to the, rem- to the memory of Romero and uh, stuntman John Berniker. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um... Do you did you ever hear about where uh, well you know Greg Nicotero who worked on uh, Day of the Dead he was like kind of Tom Savini's understudy and then he was the special effects uh, producer for this week's movie and uh, he's now the he's now the uh, the special effects supervisor for uh, The Walking Dead and uh, he invited George Romero you know got the okay to invite George Romero to be a guest director for an episode. And Romero uh, responded to him. He said, uh, no thanks, I don't do soap operas. Ha! <laughs> ah, class act to the end. Yeah. Just as well, anyway, because, you know, he just kill off everybody in that episode, so. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we're going to have a safe space, we're going to have a safe space, and then we're going to have one idiot open up the gates and everything gets flooded. Pretty sure that happened on Walking Dead, anyway. So, uh, so well, anyway, yeah, they are they are influenced off his off his movies where people just die and come back anyway. Exactly. So, well, that's uh, yeah. So that's everything about Mr. Romero. So now, why don't you tell everyone what final movie we'll be capping off March of the Dead with? 
Well, things have gotten really bad because it's no longer the night, the dawn of the day. It is now the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Land of the Dead. And now I know that there are a couple more movies in the series, Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. But these four that we've covered, they're what what are considered to be the essential films because it shows the actual progression of the outbreak. And honestly, they're just the best ones if you've seen them all. So... You can kind of do without the other ones, although we are going to be covering Diary of the Dead for our March Patreon episode. If you want to check that out, just head on over to patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as $1 a month, you get to help out the show and uh, with its production costs, and you get access to a bunch of Patreon-exclusive episodes. So you help out with the show, plus you get a little reward. Not too shabby. If you're not familiar with Diary of the Dead, it's very different from the other entries in the series because it's a found footage film. It goes back to the beginning of the zombie outbreak and follows the plight of another group of survivors. But that's for the Patreon episode. We're not talking about Diary of the Dead. We are talking about Land of the Dead. And here's some info on that one. Land of the Dead is a post-apocalyptic zombie horror film written and directed, of course, by George A. Romero. It was released in 2005, 20 years after the previous movie in the series. It had a budget of $19 million and had a box office return of $46 million. So, yes, it was a success, but it also had the highest budget of all four films and, I mean, by a lot. And it had the lowest budget-to-profit ratio of all four. So, basically, by the time this one came out, the cracks were starting to show. <laughs> it has a 73% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 51% audience score. That is the lowest rating of all four films that we covered in the series as well. You think you'd get better with it? You think people got better with experience and practice, don't yeah. you? Well, I mean, they beat the... Um, they beat the uh, the the uh, part three curse, you know, where usually you get two decent movies and then part three just like takes a giant it takes a giant shit on everything. <laughs> but part three in this series was actually pretty good. It was, and I was going to say the curse came with part four, but it wasn't really. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It just doesn't hold up to the other three. But anyway, it stars the Mentalist, Luigi, and King Koopa. <laughs> As for the plot, now that zombies have taken over the world, the living have walled in a city to keep the dead out. But all's not well where it's most safe, as a revolution plans to overthrow the city leadership, and the zombies are turning into more advanced creatures. Okay, so we... I really want to talk about this one. Um, Although... (laughs) Mike and I were talking about this before we started recording. This is actually the type of movie that we hate covering on this podcast because <laughs> it's very mediocre. <laughs> it's a good movie. I didn't. I wasn't angry for watching it. Yeah. I just. I just. I was about thirty minutes in, and I'm like, I, I can't. I haven't gotten anything to do screenshots about. I, I like. It's just unremarkable. Exactly. That's it. That's the problem. So in order for us to have something really good to talk about, we want to have a movie that's either so good that we're just gushing all over it, like it's just like blew our minds because it's so good, or 
it's so bad to the point where we enjoyed watching it because it's just so ridiculously bad. It's like this eggs. one fell like dead in the middle. It's like eggs with no seasoning. It's like, well, yeah, it filled me up, but you know, there was nothing to, to boast about and not even anything to complain about. Like I didn't find a beak in it or, you know, like a half a head staring at me. Like yeah. it, if it's going to be bad, at least make it remarkably bad. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, we are going to talk about the good and the bad points of this film. Um, now, these points can be as specific or as broad as we want, whether it's an overall theme, certain character, certain scene or line, anything goes. We'll start with the good, and as always, we'll start with Mike. So, Mike, <laughs> dig in there, buddy. Tell me something good about this movie. I like the intro and the credits. We get to see a, a person as they die, like, slow, like, using time lapse, watch them deadify. And wake up while well, we get voiceover clips of, I guess, people calling in the radio station saying, like, something's wrong. Like, my wife is, uh, like, my wife uh, died and now she's, like, knocking on my door. Like, mm-hmm. we get to hear, like, the beginning, like, things rising. We're kind as... of getting, yeah, we're kind of getting sound clips that, like, in just, like, 30 seconds of sound clips, you were kind of getting, like, from the start of the outbreak to the point that this movie picks up. Which is good exposition. Like, you managed to throw it in with the credits. You're not boring me. So mm-hmm. I have to give them, like, it's it's a great way to bring people up to speed without having to have to having to have watched previous movies. Yeah, you and, can jump. Uh, it's visually engaging. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I like that opening credits, actually. Like, it was uh, very nicely done. Very, uh, very ominous, like, kind of decayed looking. Yeah, there are things like black and white and, like, you see it through smoke. And again, like watching like I deadify in the beginning, like through time lapse, was pretty good. So you know, I know I was in for like a a like a I would had the idea I was in for a well done movie mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, very true. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, like yeah, you kind of get. Um, I mean, even if without that opening, you could kind of pick up. You kind of figure out very early on what has happened. In this movie, you could, but that uh, that was a nice little t- uh, bit of exposition at the beginning to get all those little sound clips, and radio, TV clips, and uh, even just some like nine one one calls and things like that. Um, you could jump right into this movie without seeing the other three, but don't don't do that. <laughs> just yeah, don't. don't. Yeah, don't don't skip good movies for the sake of this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, what so, about you? Okay, well, first off the bat, no surprise. Um, i got to say, the practical effects in this, uh, done by Greg Nicotero, we just mentioned, uh, who's now the special effects supervisor for The Walking Dead. The practical effects in this thing were amazing, just like all the uh, the other films. Uh, bites were good. All the gore was good. The look of the zombies was really well done. Um, lots of zombies, like lots of various stages of decomposition. Um some were just like there was quite a few that weren't just uh, you know just people in uh, makeup and prosthetics there were some animatronic zombies <laughs> which all looked oh, great yeah like that lady looking at the fireworks and you see her lips like come out like a duck yep and she's like Arr. it it was uh, yeah all the all the practical effects in this were really well done and uh, I'm going to be talking about some of the effects some other effects later on <laughs> but not just yet <laughs> But, so that's why I'm putting some emphasis on practical effects here. Everything that was just, you know, it the effects actually, what you saw on screen, were what the actors were actually working with. 
Um, all look great. The gore, the blood, everything looked good. All right, so what else you got on your list for the good? Uh, one thing that really made me uh, laugh was seeing the zombie band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're panning through just to see what, what effect the, uh, the infection has had. And we see, like, one guy, like, like trying to pump gas, even though the pan- it's long empty. And then we see others, like, just, like, <laughs> one guy's, like, slapping his instrument. They're, they're in a gazebo. One guy's slapping his instrument. The other guy's on the tuba, like, <laughs> Who has <laughs> had an instrument slapped in the gazebo? <laughs> and the guy on the tube is like <laughs> that was <laughs> I laughed at that too just to go have the tube <laughs> it sounded like a moose call or something oh <laughs> uh, yeah and that like it showed that like they were really building off the concept of memory that they had instituted they, they, that, that is that is something yeah they jump right into this kind of where um day of the dead left off with like you know the uh, z- zombies kind of remembering things about their past and like right off the bat you see a couple of zombies walking holding hands the, the zombie band playing in the park <laughs> and the uh, the gas attendant so yeah like there's no doubt that that wasn't just like a Right at the beginning, you know that that wasn't just a little passing like sub story with the uh, with the previous movie. That they're grabbing on to that whole concept. Yeah, and who knows? Like, is it just time that makes them remember? Is it like if they eat enough, then yeah. that gives them the energy to remember? Like, mm-hmm. well, apparently, like, we don't know if they've been eating or not, but we do get to meet like one who. Uh, oh, and when like they start communicating with each other, that's. That was like an amazing point, and I think they did a decent job with it. They, they had a good concept, and they took it in a good direction. When, uh, when I, the zombie who I guess he's called Big Daddy, he just like at other zombies, and they start listening to him. They stop getting distracted by the fireworks. I wasn't such a fan of that. I, I that didn't do it for me, honestly. Um, the zombies communicating with like grunts and growls and things. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, that, I found that a little off-putting, actually. Okay, but uh, but yeah, like it was uh, no doubt. Like where they were, you knew right off the bat where they were going to take this story. So um, next, I got is a pretty simple one, but just the story itself, like the whole concept of a walled-in city surrounded by zombies. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. It looked nice, like the uh, just the city, seeing the wall, seeing this actual. Ex- you know, the city was pretty much business as usual. Yeah, there was marketplaces. People could, like, play with kids in parks. There was uh, bars, mm-hmm. uh, gladiator pits. I'd love to know how they, like, you know, I'm trying to find an explanation for something out of a zombie movie, which is just dumb. But <laughs> I, I would love to know how exactly that was accomplished, like, like the whole of, uh, you know, walling off a city. What kind of undertaking was that? Well, I guess it was like just part of the regular city planning where they just thought, like, how about we have all the bridges be escalated, like like elevator bridge? I guess because it was like an island. Mm-hmm. So it would the bridges would need to go up to allow ships to pass. So it was just a matter of, I don't think it was a matter of taking the city from the dead, just, you know, uh, Dennis Hopper's character probably just 
as soon as he realized shit was going bad, he galvanized people to, you know, we got a good thing here. We're not going to let this shit fall. Right. So it was better to, like, maintain the city during the collapse of society rather like, he's obviously not the type that would, you know, lead the charge to take it back. Right. No, it was a good setup. Like, uh, so yeah, just that story of, like, kind of, like, it behind the walls, it's kind of, like... I don't want to say business usual because it did have like quite a bit of a like a you know the majority of it was like a slum area. Yeah, um, well, you know, mo- how many the majority t- how of people <laughs> were struggling. It's only the people in the Fiddler's Green area that were really like living it up. Yeah, there was always a theme in uh, in Romero's movies, like when mm-hmm. like even if it was unintentional, it became like the first one was about like racism, the second one was about consumerism, the third one was like the conflict between military strength and scientific curiosity and knowledge, and this one was about class warfare. Yeah. Like yeah, class wars. Like the haves yeah. and the have nots. Exactly. You know, it's uh, always yeah, there's always uh, some kind of angle to his movies. So all right, so uh, yeah, just just that, I, I just thought it was pretty cool, like a city kind of under siege the whole time, and uh, like most Romero movies, even when you got when you got a good thing, don't depend on it because you know it's going to go to shit. <laughs> oh yeah, and like the zombies figuring out, hey, wait a minute, we're waterproof. Like, yeah, the bridges don't fucking matter. <laughs> I actually did like as much like even though I wasn't a huge fan of like the whole zombies like becoming. Like out of nowhere, all of a sudden becoming kind of intelligent. Um, I did love that scene with the zombies on the on the dock, and oh, like, yeah. trying to will themselves to like plunge into the water. Oh, the fact that like they were just like you looking at like what we don't do that, and he just like walks up the other side, and they're like, oh wait a minute, we don't have to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Big Daddy was. I liked him. Like when they got past when they got to one of the walls. And he takes the butcher, and he's like, like basically saying, "You have a cleaver. That's wood. You, this won't stop you." And so he like chops a hole through, and he looks, and he sees his own kind being killed, and like he's filled with like this rage. Like I liked him. He was like the Martin Luther King of the Dead. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> But uh, my next, my next like was the nearly headless zombie who took out the uh, the police captain from Grimm. Because they get into this van to go after, uh, uh, basically the pest has taken their death machine, and uh, King Koopa has conscripted not Jason Bateman to lead a group of people <laughs> to take it back. He's the mentalist. <laughs> Well, to me, he's not Michael Bluth from Arrested Development. <laughs> so the police captain from so yeah, police captain from Grimm joins him, and you think, oh yeah, he's a badass in Grimm, so he's going to be a badass in this one. But no, he gets grabbed by a zombie who has no head. And before you can ask, how the fuck is a zombie moving with no head? He thrusts his chest forward, revealing that his head is barely hanging on by it, like a nerve cluster. And that head goes flying into the guy's arm and bites him. Yeah, that was the priest zombie, right? Yeah. Or, so uh, that... I've got, yeah, that... in, in my notes, I've got <laughs> priest slash uh, Christopher Walken zombie. <laughs> yeah, this guy, he just, like, throws his... He launches his head at the guy. And I can't blame him for getting bit. 
I mean, when you see a zombie with no head, you're just like, your first question is, how the fuck is this guy still ambulatory? Mm-hmm. And then your guard is completely dropped because you're like, what teeth am I guarding myself against? So this was like a good kill. Like so many kills in zombie movies are like, there's no reason it should be happening. I will agree the kill was good. And like the look of the characters when they saw this, like what they thought was a headless zombie walking towards them. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I am going to talk about that one again, like in a little bit though. Um, but I will totally agree that the kill was good. Um, so I want to go right to back to the beginning after you see like the zombies starting to uh, get their memories back. That whole raid scene was fucking fantastic. The raiders like just raiding a city, grabbing all the supply, grabbing the small town, grabbing all the supplies. Uh, and coordinated. Coordinated, uh, well executed. They are armed to the teeth and they just went in, got in there as quick. Like as close as they could quietly, and then just unleashed fucking hell on the zombies. <laughs> and then used fireworks as a distraction. Use fireworks as a distraction. Yep. Launching uh, fireworks out of uh, out of dead reckoning. What do you okay? What did you think of dead reckoning? This like super armored and super weaponized RV that they had. It's a great concept, though. I imagine it would be resource heavy. Oh yeah, but if you want to plow through a city and make, get make sure you get your people out alive, it's really the only way to guarantee it. Unless you get people just on like like motorcycles and sacrifice armor for speed. Mm-hmm. But like- this was pretty darn good. It it like the fireworks made great cover, so it was also a support vehicle, and not just like a rolling death machine. Yeah. They launch fireworks, and the fireworks would go in the sky and explode, would distract the zombies, and then the uh, the raiders, the raider group would just cut a swath through them, basically. <laughs> and, and the 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 slots, so that even if they are swarmed by zombies, like you can just pick them off. Although that turns out, for some reason, the slots don't work. I don't know if it's because their guns were too big or. They never really thought this through. Yeah. The guns are only but, good if they're at head level. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, we agree on that one. And I, I liked it. It was a little... It was very over the top. But I was like, at this point, where else were they going to take the series? You know? <laughs> you might as well go over the top now. It looked like something that would be out of more of like a... Like a late 2000s, uh, more like stylish <coughs> uh, comic book type of thing. But, uh, yeah, it got, got into comic book territory for sure, but uh, I didn't mind. It was, it, was all, it was all right. Yeah, the only thing that would have, like, made it, like, like I think, like, if they made it, like, solar-powered, that would have been <laughs> good. Because I can just imagine that thing will become your coffin if you go out on the road and you, and it will not, the mileage on that thing has to be terrible. Oh, yeah. Consider, the, the, that van must weigh at least three tons. Oh, well, you think about, like, it's an RV, first of all, which are just, like, fuel guzzlers to begin with. And then it's, like, it's armor-plated, got all this equipment on, all these mounted guns and everything. Yeah, it is it's, three, it's three times its its regular weight. Yes. So. Unless it was solar-powered, then, like, there's <laughs> no... And you would have to have, basically, like, like a Mr. Burns-style solar array mm-hmm. to, to, to catch enough to, to fuel that thing, so... It's great for short-range missions, and that's about it. Like, its utility is limited. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, 
but yeah, there's just that scene, uh, right from the start of that scene where they go and wipe out the, uh, wipe out zombies, start grabbing resources, and then some of them get greedy and start going for some extra things because they start raiding a liquor store, (laughs) (laughs) grabbing booze and cigars, and of course, just as one of them lets their guard realize that, like, even though it looks like they're very well coordinated and certainly not the first time they've done this, the moment somebody lets their guard down, what happens? It gets bit. Uh Yeah. Yep. The pest fucks up. Makes a mess, tells one of his guys to clean it up when they didn't clear the room properly. And when he reaches down to grab something, a zombie that's been behind the counter grabs his hand and bites it. Mm-hmm. And nobody decides to, like, cut off a, a cut off the arm or anything. The guy's just like, well, I guess you gotta kill yourself. Yeah, I know. Yep. So, yep, that's, uh... That was good. good scene. Good, great way... The, the whole opening of the movie was probably, for me... Uh, like that might have been like the peak for me <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> I don't know if the movie got as good again after this after this scene. Okay, so anything else on your good list? Uh, just my final like was uh, Big Daddy. It's funny, like once he got what he wanted, like when the people weren't when the people weren't attacking his people anymore, he just took them and moved on, and he let like survivors escape or flee. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it, like he had an agenda. It wasn't just er, eat. It was like, you know, stop blowing my fucking people's heads off. Yeah. So he had an agenda and he stuck by it. So I like that. It was it was different. He was like uh, the bub of the movie, except he was extremely pissed off. <laughs> it's like Malcolm dead. <laughs> Okay, so I gotta say this. So we talked about the scene with the zombies, um, you know, forcing themselves off the dock into the water. When it, you know, a little while later, we get to the scene where the zombie horde starts rising out of the water. That looked fucking cool, and you're gonna find that scene very familiar if you're a fan of a 1962 movie called Carnival of Souls. I thought there was some similarities because I did watch that movie a few years ago uh, I think it was on like a compilation DVD of like classic horror movies that I found and I'm like that scene is very familiar I didn't notice it the first time I watched this movie but rewatching it uh, for uh, to prepare for the show it caught my attention and so I had to look into it and yes it was a tribute to a particular scene from Carnival, Carnival of Souls where uh, people that we think are ghosts you know, it is kind of, that the movie was kind of a bit of a psychological thing, but uh, as best as I can call them as ghosts were rising out of the water like that. And um, I checked it out, and sure enough, it was uh, homage to that particular scene in the movie. And George Romero had stated before that Carnival of Souls was a big influence on him and was one of his favorite movies. <laughs> so, yeah. It actually uh, panned out. It, like I picked up on that, and I turned out I was right about it. Did you see the remake what, of Carnival of Souls? Yeah, it came out in 1998. No, I did not. I'm not familiar with the remake at all. Like I said, I only saw this one because I bought a uh, a DVD compilation, like one of those DVD sets with like 15 classic horror movies and shit like that. Oh, I found out just why. It says it received negative appraisals from most reviewers and did not manage to secure a theatrical release going straight to video. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, so all your good list is done? Yep. Okay, I only got one more going to another scene. Um, 
Like I said, the movie started off with a great scene, caps it off with a, with a great with a great scene because the zombie horde invading the city, all the carnage and the death, just like so many good kills during the during the the horde invasion. <laughs> the zombies get through to the, the uh, defenses of the city. Um, they hit the slums first. You see some fantastic deaths in the slums. Um, and during all this carnage is going on, for the first time yet, four movies, but we get, for the very first time, a reoccurring character. <laughs> yeah, somebody has managed to uh, come all the way from, where was the mall? Pennsylvania, was it? Yep. And where is this uh, city I, now? I Boston? Think, I, I'm not sure. I was just thinking it was New York. Well, so someone's made quite a road trip. <laughs> Either way, yeah. <laughs> Considering he didn't have his motorcycle with him anymore. Yep, it was uh, Blades. That was his name, right? Blades? Yep. From uh, uh, Tom Savini's character from Dawn of the Dead. You know, for a 40-year-old, for a 30-year-old zombie, he has definitely aged well, yeah. I suppose. Although, in this, of course, it was 30 years, like, from when roughly when Don of the Dead was filmed, although this movie should have only be about a year or two after those events. <laughs> but yeah, it's all like from the timeline a year from, is all like a bit screwy. But a uh, year from newfangled malls to yeah. an automated city with wireless, with Wi Fi and night vision cameras. So we see him and Don of the Dead gets shot, falls off the uh, falls off the top rail of the mall into a fountain. And uh, we see the zombies walking towards the fountain. That's where it gets left off. And we see him again in zombie form in this one. <laughs> Still carrying his machete. It would have been funny if he was joined with Flyboy. Oh, that would, that, actually, Flyboy got killed, though. That was the problem with that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, blood pressure Nazi. That would have been funny. <laughs> or we just had a zombie just, like, carrying an arm to still have a blood pressure cuff on it. <laughs> But yeah, he shows up and he's doing some damage with his uh, machete. Just slicing the fuck out of everything. And gets a great kill as one of the soldiers that's supposed to be protecting the city. And some of the most incompetent soldiers ever. I'm oh, pretty sure he's... these are soldiers. These were just the jobs they were given when he showed up at the yeah. uh, at the city. It's like, I don't think they actually had any military training. Yeah, these were dum-dums that were just given fatigues as clothes. <laughs> you got a great, though, because you see one soldier, he's like shooting... Blast him with his pistol and then decides to go for a grenade. He pulls a pin on the grenade and the blade zombie slices his hand off. And throws him on his own grenade. And throws him on top of the grenade. He just, he just, <laughs> he just blows up. Just, blow, just blows in half, basically. Uh, there, was, there was another kill. I, I simply called it Roll Up the Rim to Win. Because we get to see a guy get his face peeled up. Oh, yeah. Oh, this scene was out of control, man. The kills in this particular scene when the zombies first hit the city were amazing. Like, some of the best kills in... Uh, honestly, I would say it could have been could rank up right up there with some of the best horror movie kills th that I've seen. Great stuff. And uh, we see the best ones, but there's there is one in particular... That is so good. When the zombies, you know, they carve their way through the slums and they hit Fiddler's Green, where all the uh, all the rich people are, they bust down the uh, bust down the doors, get into this shopping mall slash ho fancy hotel. I don't know what the hell it was. <laughs> I guess it's the foyer of the uh, the skyscraper. Yeah, 
but there's one in particular where they pin this one girl down, and she has a <laughs> navel ring. The navel. Oh my god, it's such a minor thing, because we're just seeing scenes where people are getting their faces peeled off, and like, heads ripped off, spines ripped out, getting blown up, getting carved up with machetes. And then there's one where the zombies pin her down, and one just bites onto her navel ring and just gives it a yank and rips it off. And it doesn't cut away. You see the whole thing. Oh, Relatively, yeah. it's not even like a major wound. It's just like some torn skin. It's just like a basically just a laceration. But that made me cringe so much. And I think the reason why is because... You're imagining what it feels like to bite into that? Because it's real. It's something that could, like people have like gotten their belly button rings ripped out. I know somebody that ripped out her belly button ring just simply because it it uh, it came like it unfastened, and when she pulled off her shirt, took her shirt off over her head, it had snagged her shirt, and she just didn't even rip it out, just gave it a yank, it like made it just enough to tear the skin a little to make it bleed, and when she told me about that, I'm like cringing because I could just kind of picture it. It's like it's almost got the same effect of like getting a paper cut. Of course, you're not serious, serious, but who doesn't cringe when they think of getting a paper cut? And this is what that was like. Like, it just looked too fucking real to me. <laughs> oh, another great kill was when uh, uh, the Harley Quinn zombie, which is the only name I can give that girl because she looks like Margot Robbie. Oh, is it the baseball and, the baseball player zombie? Yeah, the girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Big Daddy gives her a machine gun and she, like, like, fires it into the ground, but then he, like, holds it up. And she just tears a guy in half with it. Oh, yeah. Like, nuts first. From, yeah, starts from his crotch and works her way up. <laughs> and she's like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The zombies were the real stars of this movie. They got some epic... They got some epic kills in. Mm-hmm. And they were some of the best actors, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I guess like this was like the second time we had uh, John Leguizamo being at odds with Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they were in any other movies together. I don't know. Can you imagine, like, when, when they find out who's being cast <laughs> if for this the, movie? If the, like, if can you the... imagine, like, John Leguizamo is, like, looking at the cast list and he's like, oh, who else is going to be in this? And he sees Dennis Hopper's name. Like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I'd be, like, it just would have been hilarious if it turns out Bob Hoskins was Big Daddy. Jesus. <laughs> that would That would have been the clincher. Do so you ever hear, hear uh, John Leguizamo talking about uh, making the Super Mario movie, where basically him, they were hammered. Bob, him and Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper were just like drunk the whole time. <laughs> they even had like they they even had like flasks of vodka like hidden around different places on the set. <laughs> as soon as they call cut, they just like pull like, like this flask of vodka from from like nowhere right and start drinking. <laughs> Oh, and the fact that like they plowed a car and like Bob Hoskins broke what was it was it his hand? Yeah. Oh my god, poor guy. Like he was a British actor, and then, like he's just like, didn't he only sign on to do this movie because his kid likes video games? Something like that, yeah. So, just like Raul Julia, another case of like good competent actors signing on to do a video game movie for the love of their children yeah. and making just something absolutely wretched. Oh yeah, Raul Julia, because like I mean. You know, another movie that was so bad they made someone die. Because <laughs> didn't he die before the movie was even released? Uh, I think I'm not sure, but anyway. Would the movie be dedicated to him then? I have no idea. But anyway, we're we're literally on like they're talking about the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a third movie tangent. 
Uh, it's like six degrees of separation here. <laughs> but okay, so that was it. Like, yeah, there's just a, the good parts of this movie were really good. I will give it that. It wasn't like anything where it was kind of on the fence, like, hey, that was an okay type of thing. Like, all the good points in this movie were, were really good. But we do have some bad stuff to talk about. And since you capped off with the, uh, you uh, started off with the good, I'll start us off with the bad. Um, I want to go back to the very first thing I had on my good list where I said the practical effects were good. And they were. Top notch. So good. They, you know... The, the guys that did the practical effects, they are a credit to their profession. The CG effects were not. <laughs> Poor animation, very noticeable when compared to the practical effects, and they got used a lot. Even in some scenes, even the blood was CGI. And it looked so bad, it's so noticeable. The CG stood out like a sore thumb in this. And like not sore, even just a sore it stood thumb. Out, it stood out like a severed thumb. No, it, not even a sore <laughs> thumb. It was like a sore thumb that was jammed up somebody's asshole. <laughs> uh, it looked so bad. And you talked about like you know the uh, the uh, I don't even know what to call him, but like the uh, supposedly headless zombie. Great kill. I love the scene, but that CGI zombie head would look terrible. <laughs> Honest to God, that was, like, early 90s CGI. <laughs> yeah, they could have just made, like, a prosthetic head. Yeah, how hard would it have been to have done, like, a prosthetic head for that? Yeah, I mean, like, they have wireless, they had wireless technology at the time. They made a bunch or, of animatronic they, they, There zombies. was a wire, there was a wire, like, dangling, like, keeping his head to his body. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how hard it would have been, I have no idea what it comes to making uh, special effects. But all I can say is that, like, you know, I'm sure it was done for cost reasons or whatever like that, but it looked like shit. Great scene, but, like, I just couldn't help but notice, like, how crappy the CGI had to pause that scene so many times. Look at it again. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a piece of shit. This looks like late 90 video game <laughs> CG. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so tell me something bad. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing that stood out was... More incompetent army goons. Yes! That's, uh, next on my list, I got stupid people being stupid. <laughs> and, like, idiots being indiscriminate with the ammo, too. Oh, yeah, man. These guys wasted so many bullets. Like, at a time when, you know... I mean, like, we don't see people making bullets. Like, if we could yeah. just see people like running like a bullet mill or collecting their shell casings and bringing them back like like if you like you can afford to waste ammo if you're making more mm -hmm. yeah like, i know like it's it's just so ridiculous um not just the army guys like everybody like the people in this movie were stupid like uh which really we talked about the raid scene at the beginning they were organized you know everything was planned out obviously not the first one but still, again, wasted a ton of bullets. There's one scene, there's a few scenes where people are just, like, shooting in the air. They're, like, hooping yeah, like, and hollering and shooting in the air. Making noise. Like, if you're making noise to distract the zombie horde or whatever, why don't you just kill the zombie horde? Yeah. Like, you can distract them by putting a bullet in their head and yes. making them not move anymore. You still would have been making noise, but, like, instead of and shooting in the air, making... point your fucking and... gun at a fucking yeah. zombie. 
Yeah, you're making noise attracting other zombies, and guess what? You're reducing the amount of zombies. Yeah. And uh, and then it's like uh, there's one scene in particular that pissed me off uh, where some of the some of the, the army people uh, on the tower guarding the gate, and we see a zombie walk up to the electric fence. And I was like, I thought it was a cool scene. It's like, oh, they got an electrified fence. Good idea. Uh, I'm not sure if that's, like, the best way to be using, the best thing to use your electricity on, since you've got, like, you know, a dozen guards keeping uh, watch. And if a zombie comes up, have just a regular fence. Have a zombie comes up, one bullet in the head. But no, not only did they not just use one bullet in the head, not only did he just use the electric fence, the zombie hits the electric fence, catches on fire because he's so fucking electrocuted, and then one of the soldiers honestly must, like, had literally emptied a clip into him. Yeah, like they're just having fun with it, rather than like you know bullets are limited, and also we should. Every opportunity is a is a, is practice for your marksmanship. Yeah. And it's like some scenes, I'm just like, did people for do people tend still like not know after all of this they survived this thing that's been going on for like at the very least a couple of years now. Um. You know, these are the survivors. These should have been like the either the people that were really smart and survived, or people that happened to be in the city when you know it got uh, cut off from the rest of the world, so that zombies couldn't make it. But either way, like these people hadn't still. There's so many people that still haven't learned that headshots are what you need. How many zombies did you see get like blasted in the torso the whole throughout this movie? Far too many. Yeah, and like, and then you see like. Uh, uh, John Lucasamo's character, where he's got like this freaking like nail gun type of thing, like the the rod gun, the shooting like uh, his harpoon gun, harpoon gun with like you know compressed air gun. And I'm like, oh well, there you go, because bullets are probably limited, so they had to get creative with some of their weaponry. Like you know that's and, that, yeah, that's and cool. it's silent, and it's silent. Like great job. And he's the only one that has one, and everyone else is just like raining bullets all the time pissed me off so much i'm like that's such bad planning these people you would have made your movie seem much better if like you made a point to show that these people were so like all everybody was now like a, an expert marksman like pick your shot headshots only and why are you wasting all this ammo and just wasting resources like when it comes to like stupid people being stupid like i said just not only just Bullets, but, like, they wasted everything. Fuel, um, all the resources, food, like, it just, nobody seemed to be conserving anything. Oh, yeah, and having people, like, do gladiator fights with, with zombies. Yeah. Like, it was, like, you know, people still matter. Mm -hmm. Like, competent, capable fighters matter. But they just think, no, let's just throw them in and, like, get one more zombie, maybe. Yeah. Did you see, uh, happen to see, um... Oh my god, what is the guy's name from uh, Shaun of the Dead? Simon Pegg. Did you see him uh, in this? He, he didn't stand out to me. Where yeah, you probably he? didn't recognize him because Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, uh, the, uh, well, Simon Pegg played Shaun, of course, in Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright was uh, writer, director, I can't remember, with Shaun of the Dead. But they were both in the movie. They were uh, the zombies in the scene in this uh in the uh the freaking slum area where you could get your picture taken with zo with the, the two chained up zombies <laughs> that was them I, they were actually invited to be in the movie in that scene as to appear as zombies by george romero personally because he was such a fan of Shaun of the dead 
Oh, man. It would have been great if we saw, like, near the beginning of that outbreak when, like, the chain would break and, like, some idiot standing right in front of them with their back turned gets eaten. Yeah. That would have been funny. I would have liked to have seen the uh, Ed zombie. There. Or, it turns out, or, turn, or we get to see a zombified version of the photographer, like, taking pictures of people getting eaten. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Your picture taken with a human. And, like, as the person's getting eviscerated, they hand the photo to them, like, hey, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so dumb people, man. Like we've seen some, we've seen some really dumb moves by people in all this, these uh, movies. But like these in particular, piss me off because you're so far into the zombie apocalypse right now. You should be much smarter than this if you've survived this long. Okay, so <laughs> now that I've got my <laughs> anger over with. Um, here's something that pissed me off, and this is not is not just this movie that's guilty of it. A lot of zombie movies are guilty of this. Uh, the Walking Dead TV show is guilty of this. Silent, sneaky zombies. Um, zombies are moaning all the time, shuffling loudly, like dragging their feet, but yet seem to have the uncanny ability to sneak up on people. <laughs> How many people got, like, taken out by zombies when all of a sudden a zombie all of a sudden just appears behind them and grabs them? Oh, yeah, like, even with, like, uh, John Leguizamo, when he gets zombified, you know, what, I like the way that he embraced it, like, rather than, like, oh, no, don't kill me, or, like, he took it in stride, and he's like, no, 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 I got, I got something to do, and I'm gonna have to be dead to do it, so, <laughs> he just goes off on his own and ambushes Hopper, which is, again, like, the second time in a movie where Leguizamo and Hopper ended up facing off, Yep. except he didn't have a Devo gun with him, and you think he would have used his harpoon gun, Considering they remember how to do things, but no. But Hopper, like, he shoots him several times, and when he gets up, instead of realizing, oh shit, like, he may be in the shadow, but now I can tell he's a zombie. No headshot, no nothing, he still lets him get close enough, and then Big Daddy comes along and he's just like, a new challenger has entered. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was like, again, stupid people being stupid. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so anything else for your bad list? My final dislike was listening to music while alone with no backup with that stupid lookout. Oh, Jesus, He goes around yes. on his skateboard, and he's got, like, some loud music blaring on his headphones, and I'm like, dude, at least listen to podcasts. <laughs> but again, right back to our point, stupid people being stupid. Like, literally, is this your first day in the Zompocalypse? Come on, man. Yeah, do you not know that these things make noise shambling around? Like, you need to hear them. It's like, I don't know, I'm just looking at you because he's in this, like, freaking, like, shed at the dock. And I'm like, okay, the best place for me to get, I need to be a lookout. There's a literally a ladder right there, or at least a pile of stuff I can climb up on, get up on top of the shed, and, and look out. So even if it's uh, somehow these zombies that should not be able to sneak up on me because they do nothing but make noise... <laughs> If that happens, to, if they do happen to get the drop on me, they're not going to be able to grab me because I'm on top of the shed and I'm armed, so I'm good. Yeah, these guys, they deserve to get eaten. Yep. And also, if that guy was listening to the graveyard shift, it would have been at least a fitting end. <laughs> or, or you know, being a, a listener of the graveyard shift, he would have been savvy. That's right. And like be on be on top of the shed, facing the ladder. There you go. That's it. You know, Graveyard Shift, not only entertaining, but educational as well. So, 
Extra we are points. the podcast of the apocalypse. Extra points. <laughs> so I got to add something, and even though I got to say, um, the the explored whole zombie, um, you know, getting memory. Uh, I don't know what to say, like, you know, memory callback, sort of, whatever you want to call it, but remembering some things about their past life, whatever, some, or at least some things that they knew how to do, remembering these things. Uh, Bub was, was fu- I didn't mind Bub in Day of the Dead because I kind of liked what, the whole thing about, like, oh, as long as he was distracted and had food, he wasn't trying to kill people, and he actually had, like, a bit of, cl- a little bit of clarity to remember how to do things. I just think in this movie they played it up too much. The whole zombie learning, I think it just went too far. I I wasn't digging it. I would have liked it better, I think, if it was um, the zombie horde just somehow making it to the gates, like, you know, follow the raiding party and, and just... Uh, made it to the gates and end up overpowering it, crashing it down, climbing over it, whatever like this. Um... Maybe the horde reaching the water and getting in the water and coming to like a, a part, getting through the city to the city that way, a part they didn't think that the zombies were going to be able to be capable of doing. Or coming into the sewers. I just think it was overplayed. I wasn't digging it as much as you, I think, um, about the zombies remembering like all these fine details. Uh, especially, well, I kind so- of, I didn't really mind it. I thought some of it was funny at the beginning. Um, even like, you know grabbing a gun and figuring out how to shoot or remembering how to shoot. I thought that was kind of cool because it really reminded me of Bub, except this time instead of having a tiny pistol, the guy's got this huge machine gun. <laughs> An M16. And uh, so I didn't mind that, but... <sighs> well, somebody had to be smart in this movie. Yeah, you're right. The zombies were probably were smarter than the human characters. I don't know. I just think it was played up too much. Uh, the zombie, you know, Big Daddy giving the other zombie commands with grunts and groans. I, I, I wasn't digging that. I thought, to me, that was really forcing it. Didn't do it for me. Um, I know they needed as they needed a way. They, they had to use they use this as a vehicle to get the zombies to raid the city. I just think it was overplayed. So that's all I had for the bad. <coughs> Um, yeah, like, all in all, like, not, not bad. Like I said, there's a lot of things about this movie to piss me off. Um, definitely not a bad movie, but kind of, man, kind of falling between not as groundbreaking or as influential as the other three, for sure. So what do you think of the scene, uh, uh, like a, well, I'm kind of skipping over a little bit because normally we do the what the fuck category, I didn't really have anything for it. I'm out. Like, th- this movie was just so par for the course that nothing really stood out as exceptionally good, bad, or confusing. No, there was nothing that really made me, uh, say, like, kind of scratch my head. Like, kind of, like, not being able to figure out what's going on or something that just kind of made me say, what the fuck? <laughs> There was one line that I thought was kind of confusing when uh, the main character, Riley, talked about getting a car and going to Canada. And one of the guys <laughs> said, like, hey, why are you going to Canada? There's nothing up there. And he said, exactly. I, I just found it a little confusing because the guy was like, "There's why are you going? There's nothing up there. Which he's obviously not talking about zombies because uh, there's no zombies. Of course you want to go there. 
Well, it's got like it's got like only thirty million people. Yeah, and so but he, he must that, be he can't be talking about zombies like because why would he be trying that would be a good point if there's no zombies he must have been talking about resources there's nothing up there resources or shelter or something maybe he's just got a sweet tooth for maple syrup who knows but then riley says exactly so he's obviously talking about zombies because why else would you be going to a place where there's nothing i just found that whole exchange was just a little weird because they're obviously both of both of them involved in conversation are obviously talking about two different things. And you know the movie ends with them just heading north ostensibly to Canada and you know considering how par for the course this movie was I think it would have been a bit more fulfilling if we actually saw them get to their destination like who knows what Canada would be like in this world. Well that's true because I, that ending scene I made me laugh a little bit actually unintentionally because you see them just drive away in the RV firing off fireworks as they go. Like the movie <laughs> literally ended with fireworks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's such a sappy little ending to this like movie that was just a bloodbath. Um, but yeah, but uh, you mentioned that it would be like the last we see of our heroes is that they're heading north to Canada in this souped up RV. And that's it. It just ends right there. Um, and you mentioned that it would be great to uh, see exactly what became of them. And um, funny you should mention this because there is a scene that was supposed to be a DVD extra. Uh, no shit. Yeah, they actually filmed an entire like scene, uh, like uh, uh, like uh, actually like a whole page of dialogue that was supposed to be actually show them arrive at Canada, but uh, it uh, they filmed it. They decided not to go with it on the movie, the film. They felt like that, you know, the scene of them driving away was a little more dramatic to end it there. Then it was going to be a DVD extra, a deleted scene, but they scrapped it at the last minute before the DVD went to production. But uh, luckily for us at the Graveyard Shift, we've got a few connects, some people in the industry that uh, tend to hook us up with finding some of those deleted scenes and audio. We do have the scene, but of course, we're in an audio format, so you're only going to get to hear the audio. But um, I think it would make a great addition for this week's It Came From The Cutting Room Floor. Why are we stopping? Are we at the border? Yeah, but the road is blocked. It looks like a huge wall is completely separating Canada from the U.S. What the hell? This wasn't always here. Hey, hey, look! The gate's opening! Two guys are coming out! Um, hello? Holy! That's quite the party bush you got there, eh? Buddy, that's the fanciest RV I've ever seen. Must burn a fortune in fuel something that size. Hi, um... We were wondering if you guys can help us. Sure, what can we do for you, you inks? Look, things have gotten really bad in America. As far as we know, we were living in the last safe city, but it got overrun, so we made a break for it. Oh, zombies got your city. Sorry about that, eh? That must be tough. Uh, it was awful. The zombies started remembering how to do things, and they figured out how to get past our defenses. Ooh, zombies remembering how to do things? Oh, yeah. We saw that happening. We found the last bunch of zombies around these parts on the pond playing hockey. Remember, Dougie? Yeah, I remember. But they weren't very good. We beat them five to two. Wait, 
the last zombies? You mean you don't have them anymore? No, most of the ones we had froze to the ground come winter. That made them really easy to track down and kill. And the ones playing hockey, after the game is over, we just ran them over with the Zamboni. But, but when people die, they still come back as one, right? Oh yeah! People just don't die here often with our free healthcare and stuff. Oh, that, that's great! That's exactly what we were looking for! A place to live where there are no zombies. Whoa, 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 hold on now. Nobody said you could come in, eh? We don't know what kind of troublemakers you might be. Now, Bob, this is Canada. Refugees are always welcome here. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right, Dougie. You fellas can come in, but you can't bring that RV. It's too loud. You'll startle the Canadian geese, and boy, do they get cranky when they get startled. Oh, we are not leaving dead reckoning. Well, you're not getting in here with it. Well, maybe we'll just ram your gate with it. Oh, ram our gate. Good luck with that flat tire. What flat tire? Take out the front driver's side tire, eh? Whoa! Where, where the hell did that shot come from? Ooh, we got a sniper in the CN Tower. Best in the world, don't you know? Oh, okay, okay, you win. But if we can't bring Dead Reckoning inside, how are we going to get around? Oh, that's not a problem, eh? Everyone in Canada rides moose. In fact, we'll call some now. Okay, everybody climb on. We'll be home in no time sharing a nice meal of maple syrup, beaver steaks, washing it down with a few molsons. Hey, let's sing some road songs along the way. Any requests? Ooh, ooh, anything by Celine Dion. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, we should have stayed in America. Wow. Well. I'm glad they cut that out because it got weird. It, uh, it did. It was really weird. It's quite bad, actually, and I'm not a fan of those Canadian stereotypes. I found them very negative. Yeah, we have a large variety of beer in Canada. Yeah, not just Molson. I'm literally drinking a, uh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a Cronenberg right now. <laughs> Is it morphing into like a big hairy slime? <laughs> it's from France. Is there a fly in it? <laughs> Jeez, I'm going to check. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually checking. I just want to see if it's spelt the same. That's all. It's the, <laughs> the direct. That's actually, I know this is stupid. This is what I'm looking up. I'm seeing if the beer, the name of the beer, Cronenberg, spells the same as like the director of Cronenberg. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, maybe it's made by the same guy. <laughs> There's like his family or something. No Brundlefly. <laughs> Oh my god! So, yeah. So Mike. So that I was glad to see that though. Like you know, I, I'm just not. I'm glad to see that uh, cutscene. I'm just not. I'm just not happy with the way Canadians were represented in it. So you know, I'm glad they cut it out. I would have had a totally different opinion about this movie. But next, I gotta say, like sometimes you have a hard decision to make just because. Um, you know, you don't have a lot to choose from. This movie has quite the opposite, because I think you've got quite a few things to choose from for your little segment. Yep, there's a, there's a lot of variety on this week's Kill 
of the week. And uh, as a Canadian, while I was a fan of the roll up the face to win, kill. Nobody has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, well, if you don't know, we have these, uh, Tim Hortons has like a contest where you roll up the rim of your coffee cup. And tucked, it, tucked underneath that will be like a little label saying whether you want like a minivan or more likely more coffee yeah. or, you know, try if, again. Uh, if you're wondering what Tim Hortons is, because I know there's Tim Hortons in, this, in the U.S., but I don't think it's nearly as popular as this here in Canada. Uh, Tim Hortons is basically your Dunkin' Donuts, except not gross. <laughs> actually, it is kind of gross. Actually, I, I don't like Tim's at all. It's, the coffee is disgusting. I don't know why it's so popular. I hate coffee just as a general thing. Like, the only time I take it is crisp. Jesus. But uh, Tim Hortons, guys, here in Canada for our, you know, non-Canadian listeners. Uh, basically, there's a Tim Hortons coffee shop on, like, pretty much every corner. <laughs> it was Starbucks before Starbucks. Yeah, it, it's everywhere here. But anyway, sorry, I'm taking away from your from your thing. But uh, the kill of the week to me goes to the grenadier who gets his arm chopped off and falls on his own grenade. Oh, yeah. To me, that was just like the funniest fucking thing I'd, I've seen. Oh, my God. That that whole scene, just a reveal of blades, like the zombie blades. <laughs> and then he just like starts hacking a few people. And then we see this army guy pull out a grenade and just gets his hand sliced off. And then he is blown up. <laughs> just... Oh my god, such a good kill. Honestly, I'm so glad you picked that one. I think may not have been the most gruesome kill in the movie, but by far like the, had the most impact. I laughed my ass off at that. Just so good. Well, Mike, that's it. Uh, guys, that is March of the Dead. I cannot believe the month is finished. We we sat on this for so long. We had planned to do this, uh, this uh, George Romero tribute uh, to his Dead series. And now it's all done. Hey. <laughs> We survived it. Yeah. Well, we guys, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check these movies out. They just, I know there's more in the series, but just check out these four or even just the first three. You don't really have to watch Land of the Dead. It's just a nice little add-on, like a little, uh, nice little cap on everything. But the series is so good. Uh, definitely one of my favorite movie series. And um, hard, you're hard-pressed to find a series that has been so iconic uh been so influential to so many people so many other movies just it's just such a part of pop culture now like it is part of our society um so yeah definitely check them out um let us know what you thought of it what did you think of the series uh, what's your favorite movie from the series what's your favorite scene um think it's great overrated do you agree what we had to say think we're totally off the mark um whatever if you got anything you want to relate to us you have quite a few ways of doing it you can email us at graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com you can reach out to us and follow us on twitter just search the handle at gys underscore horror you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash the graveyard shift pod and uh we're also on instagram now so you can check us out there, Instagram.com slash The Graveyard Shift Pod. Yep, we're sharing uh, plenty of pictures on there as well as uh, it's inspired us to me to do like a, a nice little weekly review, a nice little weekly, basically me sharing my my live review with Sheldon. Yeah. And uh, we bring the highlights of that in Mike's thoughts and screenshots. 
Mm-hmm. So check that out. All Mike's uh, screenshots, the interesting stuff with his little clips, uh, little quips at the bottom. <laughs> all the basically, it's all the text that I get from Mike while he's watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, you get to uh, you get to join in on Sheldon's distractions. <laughs> Usually while I'm at work too. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can check it out there. And also, if you're feeling really generous. You can go to www.patreon.com slash graveyard. That's our Patreon page where you can donate some money to help with the show's production costs. Because, you know, while the show is free to listen to, it's not free for us. <laughs> we have to pay to uh, to get it to you guys. Um, and it doesn't take much to support us. Like I said earlier in the show, for as little as $1 a month, you help us out with the uh, the cost of, of creating the show and uh, besides the reward of you know feeling like you've done something nice for a couple of poor podcasters, you also get instant gratification because it gives you access to some Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes. Um, right now, our March episode is the next film in the Dead series, which is Diary of the Dead. Like I said, found footage film that takes us right back to the beginning of the outbreak, but following a different group of survivors. Um, interesting to say the least <laughs> check it out uh, way different than anything else in the series so uh, you can check out what we had to say there that's available to all our Patreon donors and um, but guys we totally understand that not everyone has a lot of money to be sharing believe me I know what that's like you can still help us out a ton by rate review and subscribe on itunes stitcher or wherever you get access to your podcast i'm sure there's some kind of rating system um even on facebook you can uh, rate you go to our facebook page and give us a rating there we appreciate anything you can do to help and if that's not possible then just share us by word of mouth or on social media if you know anybody that you think would be interested in listening to what we had to say about horror movies um you can just let them know about us and uh, deal with that. Also, our social media is a great way that if you have a movie suggestion for us, let us know there. And we will certainly, uh, if it's one we haven't covered, we will put it on the list. Now, Mike, if people just can't get enough of you, how would they go about hearing more of your velvety tones? Uh, you can check out playingwithpowerpodcast.com to hear me and some friends talk about Nintendo Power Magazine. We read each issue first to last, front to back. We talk about the artwork, the game coverage, and uh, what terrible, horrible things we find on Reddit or just stuff in the news. It's a uh, it's a long, it's a funny podcast. We do it in two parts. One really, uh, we break it down in half. So you uh, can hear us on Monday to Friday, Monday and Friday, talking about an issue a week. And uh, we we take it out in uh, little chunks, like we do a year at a time and then take a little break. And uh, I'm also reviving my Technobabble podcast, which was the first podcast I ever did. We're re-airing the original 17 episodes, and then we're going to start producing new episodes where we talk about things in tech, like scientific breakthroughs, chemistry, biology, just, you know, interesting little things that we can goof on and talk about either the good applications or the horrific apocalyptic applications. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first, the sound quality is not the best because at the time I just got a microphone and i was surrounded by people who had no interest in being professional or teaching me any way of improving <laughs> so i had to figure it out on my own with my own 
on my own. So I, uh, we eventually get better. You'll notice that. I want to check and, that out. Uh, I want to see the uh, progression between, like, you know, from right now where you're the podcast master to uh, actually hearing you get your podcast cherry popped. <laughs> where I'm like, um, okay, so... Well, Hi, I went into my, it with full my enthusiasm. Name, my name is Mike, and welcome to Technobabble. <laughs> I, uh, uh, pl- please be gentle. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. It's essentially the underlying tone, but it sounds... I go into it with full confidence. Undeserved confidence. In some in some opinion. <laughs> but I get better. So, you yeah. know, you get to see me in my awkward... My awkward deflowering. Yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. I'm, I'm interested and in see what that's all about. You know, you've mentioned a lot since we uh, since we first met, so it would be nice to actually hear it. And uh, about playing with power, guys, yeah, if you are a fan of old Nintendo games or just retro video games in general and uh, we're a fan of Nintendo Power from back in the day, Nintendo Power Magazine, check it out. I think you're going to like it. So, guys, next week we are back to our regular schedule. Just going to be covering some movies uh, that you guys have suggested. Thanks for being patient with us throughout this month. Uh, We know we put our movie suggestions on hold for a little while so we could do this George Romero tribute thing. Uh, So we hope you enjoyed it. But next month, like I said, back to normal. We got a uh, movie on tap that is a listener suggestion. So be on the lookout for that. Until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you for joining us on the Graveyard Shift's March of the Dead. That's good, eh? Now that zombies have taken over the world, the living, the living walled in a city to keep the dead out. But all's not well where the, it's the most safe place. Ah, what the fuck is my note saying? Honest to God, it looks like I had a stroke when I was writing this. <laughs> I'm going to start that all over again. How about that? <laughs> okay, I guess we'll do a throw in a clap, although that part was funny. <laughs> that's an outtake. Zombies. As for the plot... Now that zombies have taken over the world, the living have walled in the city to keep the dead out. But all's not well in most safe... What? Okay, this is weird. <laughs> my, honest oh. God, my notes, my notes are auto-correcting as I'm reading them. <laughs> oh my God, what your phone is possessed. What the hell is going on with my tablets? This is so weird. Uh, if you listen to the, oh, I don't know if we published that episode of Playing With Power, but at one point, like my phone just lit up and started searching for things that I was saying. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is. It's like, I'm like, well, this is all like a garbled mess. So let me just like rewrite this real quick. And then while I'm reading it, as I'm reading the line, like the words start changing. Have you seen those uh, things with the uh, turns that that Alexa is actually like doing creepy children laughs? Oh yeah, that's that. I no, I don't want that in my house. <laughs> I like that. Idea. I saw that uh, that those hilarious pictures saying like, in the 1990s, people are afraid that the government is going to wiretap our house with the internet, and then it shows a picture in 2017. Hey, wiretap! Can you give me a recipe for eggs? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's try this one more time.